Welcome to another episode of Is That Really Legal? with Eric Rubin. Uh, on today's podcast, I have a very special guest, Susan Finch, who besides being a very good friend of mine, is a brilliant actress, and acting coach, vocal coach, uh, and I'll get into that in a minute. I just wanted to welcome you uh, at the time I'm recording this intro. We're going through a very interesting time. We have been through a lot of police brutality. We have been dealing with protests. Um, I don't want to talk too much about that except to say this, that everybody, including myself, who thought they knew a lot is being educated. We're being educated about problems that we thought were either resolved or we were helping to resolve. And we're seeing that the problems are so deeply institutionalized, so woven into the fabric of our national lives that we haven't, we haven't seen the true nature of them. And I'll speak for myself as a white male who grew up in the 60s. I saw a lot of things and I thought that we were addressing important issues. But thanks to a lot of people in the Black Lives Matter movement and other important people and really great educators, whether they are professionally educators or not, I am seeing that I need to listen more. And I, by listening, I really mean not to listen to see if I agree or disagree with what's being said, but to listen so I can hear what the other person has to say from their point of view. I learned, a, I learned to listen this way uh, through working with Ariel and Shia Kane uh, year, for years, but I see the importance of it now in this conversation about where our society is at. Um, uh, as an attorney who has represented all kinds of people in all kinds of situations, it's really more and more clear to me how much we really need to listen. Uh, and like I said, I'll speak for myself. I have a lot more listening to do, and I'm going to make sure that I make this space available for people who have not been heard to be heard and for issues that need to be heard to be heard. Um, so I'm working on it. I may not do it as quickly as some people want me to, and I apologize for that, but uh, I'm going to do what I can as much as I can just like a lot of us are going to do our best. You know, it's not enough sometimes, and I'm sorry, but I am I'm telling you now, I'm going to pledge here and now to do that. Uh, I want to switch now to talking about my good friend Susan Finch. Um, now, you may be wondering why I had an acting coach and an actor come on here to talk about herself and also any interactions she's had with the law. Well, the whole point of this show is to have people see how the law intersects with their lives and how they intersect with the law. And it's not always about being stopped unlawfully by the police or on getting a divorce or going bankrupt. Sometimes 
It's about having contracts looked at and not even realizing how you are not being taken care of the way you should be taken care of, either financially or other ways professionally. I know Susan and I uh, worked together. She's been a client of mine and she was going to talk about that. But she's an incredibly accomplished person who, even though she has incredible credentials, still had to retain the services of an attorney to make sure that she was taken care of and that her career was managed correctly. Um, and that she gets paid what she's worth and doesn't have to do things she doesn't want to do. Um, you know, Susan, besides going to Juilliard, which is, if not the best, certainly among the best performance schools in the world located here in New York City, uh, certainly acting is what it's known for, but great musicians have gone to Juilliard as well. Um, for people who don't know the illustrious alumni of Juilliard, how about people like Viola Davis, Robin Williams, Christine Baranski, um, of course, Adam Driver, uh, Laura Linney, but also Yo-Yo Ma, Henry Mancini, uh, Nina Simone, Ving Rhames, Val Kilmer. I mean, these are just a smattering. My, one of my all-time favorites, Kevin Klein. Um, these are amazing people who studied there along with Susan Finch. And now she works there as a dialect coach and a voice and speech teacher. She also teaches at the Atlantic Theater School, which was created back uh, a while ago by David Mamet. Um, she has worked doing vocal coaching and accent coaching for Broadway productions, such as the Harry Potter uh, Broadway show, and also very recently, uh, um, Oh, the Bob Dylan musical that I am blanking on, but she's going to talk about it. Uh, Girl from the North Country, I think is what it was called. And she also works with professionals from other countries who have significant accents, who want to reduce their accents so they could be better understood for business purposes and you know, personal purposes here in America. She's a, uh, also just one of the most lovely people. And she's going to talk to me uh, about her experiences of the law and also the fact that she fell in love with someone from another country and that has legal ramifications as well so please enjoy this interview with actress coach and lovely person Susan Finch Susan Finch, welcome to Is That Really Legal? Um, Thank you. I, I am excited to have you on. I, you're a dear friend. I've known you for many years. I actually know your parents and your sister. I have artwork from your father hanging in my home because I'm a big deal. And um, but, um, <laughs> but shockingly, this really isn't supposed to be about me. This is about you. And you... You know, a lot of my friends are actors and performers, and they immediately see Juilliard, and they they are impressed. Um, so it's not just that you went there, but you're a faculty member, aren't you? Yes. That, that's that's got to feel good. It feels 
strange and wonderful. I had such a great time there. That school tends to have a bad reputation. I, I think back in the day when I was there, they let 23 people in and 16 would graduate. So there was this cut in the middle. And so people were going to acting school for the first two years going, yes, I'm going to learn how to relax and trust my instincts and breathe and just be free and I may get the ax. So that was a lot of pressure. And they got rid of that cut system. So oh, now it's, yeah. But I go back there and it's the same recycled air. All windows open in the Juilliard School. It's all recycled. Even the new building. 1962. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that's a selling so, point. That's a selling point, right? Because you're breathing the air. Uh, that was exhaled by John Houseman and Robin, Robin Williams, Williams. Uh, Christopher Reeve. <laughs> exactly. um, there's a huge list. Those are only people I know, but like the, the list is, one could say daunting or impressive, depending on what side of it you're on, right? It is. You know, the training is excellent there. And what makes it great are the teachers. They're dedicated and amazing, and um, I, you? I oh well, thank you. I I am a vocal coach there. I coach productions, and I will, if they need me to teach. I I do teach voice and speech there when needed. But I'm basically a vocal coach where I go in and do the second year checkoff projects where the actors learn how to use their Alexander, their voice, their speech, their acting skills. And this is the project where it all gets put together. When you say checkoff, just because not everybody is as well read as you and me, you mean Anton, <laughs> you mean Anton Chekhov, the famous Russian playwright. Exactly. So, wow. That's one of the things I love about Juilliard is there's no one hard and fast technique. They give you access to so many directors and teachers and mask work and different kinds of movement teachers that you find out what works for you. Because really, I think teaching acting is an impossibility. But they never really teach you about the business of being an actor, actress, or producer, or writer, or these other things, do they? I mean, they don't teach you legal issues to look out for or paperwork to look at. Is that any part of any of those things? There is a class on the business that the fourth year gets. Not when I was there, but now they're including that. But it's... a a limited class it's uh doesn't last too long you should get you know if things go up and running you should teach a course over there oh yeah juilliard meets eric rubin right away they do you'd <laughs> that be, would be wonderful oh uh, well that would be a lot of fun to be sure um and in fact one of the things we talk about is uh you know i have actually represented you in the past in That's some right. situations. And I remember there was, a, either it was a short film or video or commercial, I won't name names, but you had, uh, there was some language in it that you didn't like and you wanted to put in your contract that you didn't have, I'm not saying language like Romanian, I mean, you know, <laughs> curses. You didn't want to use curses. Untoward language, yes. Blue, I even want to work blue. 
And, um, and uh, it's not because you are not a fan of that kind of language. Um, you just didn't want it in, to be out there or something. I don't know what your concerns were, but I understood them at the time as your representative. Yeah. And um, we were able to negotiate it with the producer at that time. And that was just one of the things that good representation does. Um, what is, I'm curious about your experience with representation. Um, have you had any great experiences? Have you had any bad experiences? Um, I haven't had any real true experiences. <laughs> I, haven't I haven't been um, steadily working in that area because I've been mostly teaching and when I get acting jobs, they're through friends and that was a that was an unusual experience and i i'm so happy to be able to depend on you oh and thank you because i because i trust you and i felt so vulnerable i didn't know the producer and director of this project and the language was volatile and i didn't want to have the reputation or have my image and my voice out there I felt very vulnerable. So you protected me in such a beautiful way. Well, thanks. And what, uh, thank that. you. Thanks. What I think is fantastic is that we were able to do it in a way that was so not adversarial that you have since worked for that person and we've become friends. We are all great friends now. And we work on some things. So I, I think that people have a, a misconception about the way that lawyers and creators work that you know creative people you know can't get involved at all they have to shove it off to their lawyer or manager and the lawyer manager goes in there puts a helmet on straps on some type of weaponry comes back bloody <laughs> um you know then you you know never work in that sector again because of how <laughs> horrible things went you know it's just not the way these things should or do go when they're handled well but but you're okay so you're not doing a ton of acting right now but you've recently been involved with a couple of uh, interesting productions where you've used your skills as a vocal coach and an accent expert I'm talking That's about true. Broadway productions and kids if you don't know what Broadway is I don't know what to say Google it <laughs> it's, a big, it's a big old street here in the Big Apple um, this has been such a strange time. We just opened Girl from the North Country, uh, for, Bob Dylan musical. Right. Connor McPherson wrote and directed it. Uh, it, was, it was started at the public. I worked at the public and then uh, Connor invited me to the production on Broadway. And By the way, the public, the public created a few other interesting things. Uh, one of the most recent ones being Hamilton correct? True. Yes. I mean, it's, the public is known as one of the, I don't know, an incubator of amazing shows, would you say? Yes. And they do Shakespeare in the Park free every year. Another thing we're year. missing out on this year, unfortunately. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen but um, I, I interrupted and, you you were you were saying no. you were working on that though. So well, we were yeah and we had just opened it when this uh COVID tragedy entered our lives and Broadway was sh shut down. Um, what did you do uh, in The Girl from the North Country? What was your role? 
Well, I was teaching a Minnesota dialect and what's lovely about working with Connor is he didn't want the actors to lead with that. He wanted, but he, he wanted the acting to come first. Uh, it's a it's a beautifully written show and the music was stunning. Did you get to see it? Did you and Holly see it? No, in fact, mm -hmm. we were looking to get tickets when everything hit the fan. Right. I hope they bring it back. And um, so, yes, I, I would work privately with the actors. Uh, I would work in small groups with them. Uh, then I would go to rehearsal and uh, so this notes, is to do their give notes. Do Minnesota accents or exactly? And I used our friends um, <laughs> that ha are from there, Kearney and her mother Mary. Uh, they were some of my resources. Yeah, you broke up, but I know their names are Leah Kearney and Mary. Um, they they are from Minnesota, like you say. Yes, they, they are. I think Mary still has kind of an accent. Leah is a actress and producer here in New York. And she can turn on or off her Minnesota accent, right? At when, will. Truly. When she turns it on, it is a hoot. What's <laughs> <laughs> it say? Yeah, she's talented. Yeah. And, um, so, so you were working on that. Um, yeah. And when you, when you got asked to do that, do they just hand you a piece of paper and say, sign this, this is what you're getting, this is what you're going to do? Or is there any kind of negotiation? What What's that process like? That is exactly what they do. They hand you a piece of paper and say, oh. this is what we're offering and sign here. And I, I that it was not open for negotiation. I should have called you to see if uh, maybe there was uh, something we could have done, but- Well, you know, well, I, I'll say this, Broadway, the overhead in Broadway is so ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyone who follows Broadway knows that one of the reasons why they constantly put on um, revivals or shows based on hit animated children's stories is because right. they know they'll have an audience. But anything new and experimental or different, it's a tough, it's a real crapshoot and the rents are extremely high. When you think about all the union people who work behind the scenes and then on stage, the budgets are crazy high. So I would say I'm, I'm happy to do anything for you anytime, but if you were doing a movie, you'd probably have a lot more room, you know, doing dialect coaching for a movie than you would for an experimental show where, by the way, they're probably paying incredible licensing fees for Mr. Dillon's work, especially since he won the Nobel Prize. Right. Um, so I think it's just, uh, I mean, I wouldn't second guess myself on that, but uh, oh God, I'd love to work for you anytime, Susan. And before that show, you did another, uh, you had another fun time on Broadway. Yes, I was doing dialect work for Harry Potter, The Cursed Child. And that show is, unfortunately, all of Broadway is closed at the moment. So I have high hopes that these shows will return. You're teaching, besides yeah, yeah, Juilliard, you teach other places too, right? You're not... Yes, uh, I... 
you're not without I work. I teach privately. Privately, I teach at the Atlantic Theater Company. I also teach, uh, I have a seminar coming up in November with our mutual friend, Ariel Kane. Uh, so we do a course called Speak Up, which is a fun, interactive, full self-expression seminar where you take the focus off of thinking about yourself and use your voice in ways that you don't even know you are capable of. Of uh, an improv background and you are able to use your improvisational skills in the courtroom but through, through a sense of, of integrity and honesty, not as a manipulation, but truly being there. I'm quite impressed with what you do, Eric, and how you do it. Well, thanks, Susan. Clearly, that's why I asked you to be on the show. Uh, so that I, could, <laughs> I need to be stroked. Uh, I, I believe that's your wife's job. <laughs> really? Uh, well, job? Anyway, I Her really pleasure. appreciate. Yeah, sure. I, I no, really it's true, it. and I know that you 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 work with Ariel and Shia, and both you and I have. Uh, it's been our pleasure to expand and grow in magnificent ways. Yeah, uh, of course. We're we're just in case it's not clear. We're talking about Ariel and Shia Kane, who uh, lead seminars and do coaching. You can find them at transformationmadeeasy.com. They have a podcast called Being Here, which uh, I listen to all the time. You've uh, been on it, haven't you been on it? Oh, yeah, I, I have been, and so have you. So, so have uh, I, yeah. And um, I just, in these times, you know, I don't know exactly when this is going to air, but, you know, when we're talking right now, there's a lot of upset people. There's protests in the streets. The pandemic is still happening. Uh, tonight, there's a curfew in New York City. Uh, I've never, I've lived in and around New York all my life. I've never seen a curfew until okay. last night. And then I got a, a notice on my phone that there's a curfew tonight starting, I think it was eight. I should, yeah. Um, I, I have just, to say, I follow your Instagram posts and I'm, Speaking from the heart, I, I was feeling nervous looking through Instagram last night, and I went, let me see what Eric Rubin Law <laughs> has to say. I, I, because I look up to you, Eric, and it was, it was a public service announcement. You had passed on the fact that there is a curfew. There was a curfew last night, and there will be one today, and that was helpful. Well, thank you. These are strange times. Thanks. And I try to just put the notice. I don't want to add any, and this sucks, or so be careful, mm -hmm. or like, mm -hmm. you know what? Just without... Just the facts. Right. I mean, and I, I do try to be humorous when it's appropriate. One of the things that you and I share in common in both our work, which is we, we take care of people. Um, focusing again on law stuff, you know, you have had, like any person in our culture, you can't help but brush up against the law. It mm -hmm. just happens. Um, and a lot of people get frustrated or upset when they have to deal with it because they feel out of control. Um, but I, I noticed that, well, recently you've had to do some things, uh, international law stuff, because you're fortunate enough to be engaged to a lovely man uh, who I've known about as long as you've known him. 
That's um, true. <laughs> his name is Michelle. We'll leave the rest of it out. He's Swiss. Um, and he, he is just a lovely guy. And I know you're engaged. But as a result of that, there's a lot of legal stuff you guys have to go through. I don't do that kind of work. But I know that you've been able to do it both on your own and have had some conversations with other people and assistants. What, what's that process like? I mean, without going into details, um, you know, you're not a lawyer. Michelle's not a lawyer. He's a scientist. You're uh, an actor and a coach. What's that like just walking into that world? Well, Michelle did all of it. <laughs> just say. And I made brownies and cookies and kept him well fed and uh he truly did all of it um he is a very thin man have you really given him the baked I've, goods I've, I've been i've been cooking i've been baking like crazy haven't you guys been baking and cooking like crazy in this covid time well we've been baking uh i've been baking sugar-free gluten-free muffins out of almond flour and coconut flour that are nice. actually really good there's so much help out there. You helped us tremendously. You recommended people to uh, that we could go to, and then you you did us. Uh, you vouched for us. Uh, you you and your wife helped us in a, a way that was just so touching. To set to uh, what's the what's the, we had the stamp? What's the guy called? A notary. Oh, the notary, right? And a great a notary. notary guy that I recommended to you. Yeah, he was wonderful. Yeah. Um, but I the 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 more we do this, and we we're talking to customs today, the oh. more I I realize is slowing down and treating people like they're human beings and listening to them. You know, I got, we, we got an extension for him to stay in the US because I talked to a, a custom agent like a human being. And I brought up, hey, we're both living in New York during this time. And I talked to someone else today and we were talking about personal family things that had nothing to do with why I called. We just went off on a tangent. So listening is key. And I feel the world is filled with help if you're there to listen and if you ask. And uh, I agree. And I think that um, tangents are sometimes people asking you to listen to something that nobody else has listened to yet. Um, I've had the same experience on a regular basis. I'm doing legal work. Um, I have some clients who are in prison who, because of COVID, I'm trying to get them out early on mm -hmm. something called medical parole. And I'm interacting with a variety of prison officials and parole officials, and not as a manipulation, but I just literally am like, hey, how you doing? How's your family? Before yes. we get into it. And they may say to me, look, I, there's nothing we can do. And I really hear it. And then I have to let my client know that. But sometimes because we've connected, I've literally had court clerks and other people go, you know what, let me, I think I can do this. Whereas I know if I just was another lawyer calling with that attitude of I need this thing, why don't I have it yet, that um, I would not be serving my clients. I wouldn't be taking care of people in general. Right. Um, so I, I appreciate the, your I've been out to lunch with you. I've gone to Starbucks. Remember when we used to be able to go to Starbucks? And it's not 
give me a, give me a da, 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 latte. It's, hi, how are you? You engage, you engage with your life. Uh, that's where it is. Well, I think we have fun, you and I, both together, obviously, but also, man, if you're, I don't know, it goes by so fast, Susan. Mm. It's not a complaint. It may sound like it to people, but like, I am 58 years old. And I swear to God, sometimes I'll think about a movie I saw. Um, it'll be on TV and I'll go, that movie was 25 years ago? Right. That You know, I, I, I'm like, how can that be? A show that I'll rewatch. I'm like, that show is Howl? And right. the time flew and it does fly. So enjoying now is so important to me. And also I just find people fascinating until yeah. until they show me they don't, want to interact then i get it and then i'll go somewhere else that's you know, right that's why and everybody's entitled to that have you heard the podcast ear hustle no i want you to check that out it's it was started in prison it, 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 it was done by prisoners and a producer who was not in prison but then the guy got out and the podcast continues so i think you'd be inspired by that i would be yeah. That sounds very interesting. I, I was going to ask you, mm -hmm. um, your teaching is teaching, well, first of all, it's June, so I don't know if, if the Atlantic and Juilliard are over for the year anyway. Correct, correct. But, but you still had classes going on a month or two ago, right, when COVID was happening. That's right. And I have my own class that will be starting in a week, a group um, voice and speech class for actors and for professionals, anyone who wants to play and expand their vocal skills. How do and people get in Zoom. touch with you, by the way? I'm, I'm oh, gonna, through, yeah. I have a website, susanefinch.com. Please, there's an E in there because if it's, it goes to a lovely Susan Finch in uh, the Midwest, who's very sweet, but she's a web developer and she is, we've become friends actually. That's but, cool. <laughs> yeah, she's a great lady. She forwards me all the, the mistaken emails. But um, yeah, this class is going to be a lot of fun. Zoom is fantastic for teaching. In I fact, it's great it. for podcasts. I'm talking to you on it right now. That's and, true. Uh, that's what's recording. So, I mean, I want to in the future meet in person with people, but mm. I didn't want to delay the podcasting experience. That's so this is how we're doing it right now. Um, right. And you do private coaching. I know one of the things you do is accent reduction. You and I also have friends from literally all over the world. I can think of uh, someone from Taiwan. I know a friend from Russia. I don't know if they've worked with you and some other people and you um, help them Americanize or what, how would you describe what you do for those people who want to I, be better understood by Americans? I help them to slow down and to breathe. That's so important. I believe that 85% of an accent is breath. Once you learn how to engage your rib cage, how to slow down, how to 
take a breath, then everything else falls into place. And people are quite capable and brilliant and have been speaking and breathing without my help for years. I just, <laughs> I just tweak them. I, you know, my job is to show them, is to remind them of their brilliance. And wow. slowing down is part of that. Uh, you know, saying one's name, we throw our, hi, my name is Susan Finch, or Susan Finch, like a question, like I'm not really sure. That, our name is so important. And I know my name, but to take my time when I'm meeting someone and see, did it land? That's one of the most important lessons that I've learned. And uh, it's important to slow down and see if your communication lands. And that, again, comes down to listening, looking with your eyes, listening with your ears. Did the person hear me? Was the communication received? You know, I, as someone who's done theater and movies and whatever, um, I know that in acting, people can, there's two things they can do. They can memorize the script and know when the other person's done talking and then they can say their line back at them, or they can really listen and look at the person who's talking. And that way the person who's talking knows if what they're saying is landing or not, because you could have a genuine moment then. And if it's not landing, that will inform both our performances. In the past, I was in a Neil Simon farce called Rumors in a semi-pro production. And we used to have these speed throughs. So we could, you know, do that. That means that we would say the lines to each other as fast as we could. I mean, we were as if we could do it in our sleep. But when we were out on stage, we couldn't go that fast. But it allowed us to feel confident enough that we could look at each other and keep the pace of it all up. It was, it was kind of a manic show because it was a farce. It was supposed right. to be people running up and down stairs, slamming doors, misunderstanding each other, all that kind of stuff. Um, and all with very Northeastern, you know, Neil Simon quality. Rhythms. Yeah, which kind of is my thing because I'm about that, you know, the New York Jewish background is kind of, that's what I used to get cast at pretty much. I'm not I remember someone once asking me, why don't you audition for Oklahoma? And I said, I don't think people want to see a six foot three New York Jew walking around Oklahoma. It's just not. It is. I think that was a good instinct on your part. What I get when you said Michelle's been doing all this legal stuff, you know, your fiance is a scientist. He's very analytical. Well, he's a bi he, he would fight with you on that. He's a biologist. Okay. Well, that's fine. I don't want to fight with Michelle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he should be neutral anyway. He's Swiss. That's right. But but you don't have to suddenly learn the law. You know, there's this there's this strange thing that happened in our society that people think, well, I can look it up on the internet so I can do it. Mm -hmm. And I try to remind people, you know, don't do your own dentistry. You right. know, like go to a real dentist. So go to a, a lawyer or go to the appropriate officials, like in your case, and they will assist you. Just winging it, it can take way too much time because you're gonna make mistakes and then you have to have all those do-overs. 
You and I know a really good music director in Europe. He told me that once they had to fire the director and a new director came in with one week before the show opened, which is not a lot of time. And the director said to everybody, we don't have a lot of time, so we're going to have to go very slowly. Oh, I love it. And I agree with that 100%. Oh, that's fantastic. And the production turned out very well. Mm. Um, when yes, going to a professional is, you know, in theater, when people come to study with us, I tell, I, I have utmost respect for the, the people who study because there are a couple of actors, few actors can make it without any lessons that are intuitive, but I am all for the craft and studying the craft. I, I respect anyone who's going to take that time. Um, I always joke and I, I tell them, I tell my students, you know, people say I'm good with my hands. So I'm thinking I may try brain surgery. Would you <laughs> like to be, I mean, I haven't studied, but I'm very crafty. And if you'd like to be one of my first uh, patience. I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll I'd love to practice with you. You know, uh, studying voice, speech, acting, movement, the Alexander technique. Have you ever taken the Alexander technique? I, I did, um, and my posture shows that I didn't do it a lot. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but I'm familiar. True. I'm familiar. It's amazing. Uh, I, it's... Yeah, I I actually took a lot of different classes and a lot of different disciplines in acting, which I think was really wonderful. Um, I did some Meisner classes. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't go to all of the things. I did some animal work of all things that I actually used when I did a production of a restoration play. Oh. Um, oh, it was with Mrs. Malaprap was one of the characters, the rivals, that's what right. it's called. Yes. And I played a fop um, he, which is an exaggerated, effeminate man, a uh, very popular kind of role in the, I want to say, sixteen, late 1600s, maybe. Yeah, yes. um, and I did animal work to really get the physicality of that character. Well, what animal did you study? Um, I, I saw myself working with uh, uh, ostriches. Oh. And I really, enjoy, I have a, look, I'm 6'3". Um, I am hard to miss, but I also felt the character had this quality of being terrified and also um, terrifying. And um, it just felt right. A lot of flopping, a lot of strange head and neck movement. Oh, and brilliant. It was a lot of fun. You know, there's a lot of roads to Rome, but it's they do go to Rome. Um, I, I just... Um, you know, I we are running out of time, Susan. I could talk to you about this for about a lot of things for hours. Well, listen, I'll call you when this is done, <laughs> and we'll finish up a little. That's now, nice. It, Do you it, have it any, is fun to. Th- yeah, I, I was just wondering if you had any words of wisdom for uh, quote unquote creative people um, dealing with legal issues. I kind of, I feel like you kind of gave us your thoughts on that. Is there anything you wanted to tell people as sort of a neat bow wrap up kind of thing? 
Well, I love this phrase, if you don't ask, the answers always no. And uh, with this immigration stuff we've been working with, asking questions and trusting that the universe is going to guide you and that there are helpful, amazing, brilliant lawyers like yourself out there ready to give you honest answers and, and work with you in an uh, integral, with integrity. So uh, I loved, I love being able to, to trust you, Eric. And, um, and you've been so honest with me. If, if you weren't able to answer a question, you'd say, you know what? I know an expert who, who will, and you, you guide me to the right place. Um, Thank so, you, Susan. Yeah, that means well, a lot to I, me. really, I really appreciate your friendship and your professionalism. And, and I yours. And uh, if people are interested in working with you or seeing you in something, they should go to your website, susanefinch.com. Yes. That's awesome. Susan, thank you so much for being on Is That Really Legal? This was so much oh, fun. Such a pleasure. Thank you. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Mwah. Well, that's it for this episode of Is That Really Legal? I want to thank Susan Finch. I also want to thank our brand new sponsor, Abe's. Are you interested in eating something so delicious yet it's really healthy, allergen-free, gluten-free? You're tired of eating stuff that tastes like the box it came in? I'm telling you, Abe's is amazing. You're going to hear more about it as they are sponsoring this podcast moving forward. We're both thrilled about it. Yes, we are. I also want to let you know that this podcast has a website. Is that really legal.com? And if you go to that website, you can leave a comment. Um, you can see, you can download podcasts directly from there, or you can go to your favorite podcast provider. Um, so check out our new website, isthatreallylegal.com. I'm very excited to hear from you. I'm very excited to be doing this podcast, and I'm excited to come back soon with more very interesting, very fun guests. I look forward to speaking with you soon.